that it takes a lot of your own self-love to be able to say, you know what? I did something that hurt someone's feelings. I know I'm still a good person. I am still a reliable friend. I'm still a kind person. I made a misstep. And so I'm going to own that and I'm going to apologize. That doesn't mean a huge dagger to my values or who I am. It just means that I'm human and I made a mistake and I can just own that without having to hold a mirror up to Abby and say, here, here is everything that you've done wrong. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Today, we're going to dive deep into a really important topic, and it's one that we all need, how to apologize. So this conversation will be the tip of the iceberg, but we wanted to start it because we found this information so useful. Right from the start, it's been so beneficial learning this stuff so we can use it inside of our own relationships. Yeah, and Drew and Abby were laughing at how obsessed I got with researching this one. Because honestly, it's so enlightening to to know more about apologizing for my own use. The books and the resources that we're going to share today are also so helpful in the sense of you can start to understand the people that you're communicating with a lot better and why they might have such a hard time apologizing. We have to understand that we are only in charge of our side of the conversation. And for me, that's like the biggest adult hack that we could possibly give you guys today. And the reason we want to say this right away at the beginning is, well, a million reasons. But one, I know when I was researching this, I immediately looked at Colin and was like, oh, he could work on this, this, <laughs> this, and this. And I was like, wait, this isn't the point of it. The point of it is to look internally on what can I do to change this conversation to make it better for both of us. And so much of this podcast is from our own experiences, but also from the teaching of Harriet Lerner. So she has a very special place in our heart. She studied at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and both Amy and I live in this area. She's also the author of 12 different books, but her book on how to apologize, it's just, it's so easily framed out. It literally could be the step-by-step guideline for those needing work in this area. And I know for me, I definitely needed some work in this area. Well, everyone does. We all do. But when you go through these, it just makes it so simple. She's also been a guest on Brene Brown's Unlocking Us podcast, which everyone knows we're huge fans of, and they did an incredible two-part series. So if you're listening to a podcast right now and you can have another couple of minutes, I highly recommend just heading over there and listening to some of those details. And let's just throw this into the world, Amy, Brene, Harriet, if you guys ever want to be guests on our podcast, we are so willing to go through this material. Yeah, that those would be it. I often get get asked, who is your dream guest? And I would have to say Brene Completely. probably tops our list. Um, but apologizing is an enormous part of close relationships. We are all going to make missteps, even when it is unintentional. You do not mean to hurt the other person. 
it's going to show up. That is just part of being human. So today we'll talk through some of our personal experience. um, But then also, as we are saying, we're going to use the knowledge acquired from these incredible teachers on the subject. So the first takeaway for today, and this is such a huge one, take this in. It's an apology does not include ifs, buts, or any reason why you did it. I'm sorry I raised my voice, Drew, but if you wouldn't have been so annoying, I wouldn't have done so. That is not an apology. Or I'm sorry that I said that that thing about your family, but if you were more welcoming towards mine, I wouldn't go there is not an apology. Anytime you want to include a but, if, or reason that you did something, you might not be ready to apologize yet. We'll dive into that a little bit later in the episode. And so many of these are just about not being ready to apologize. Like there's, I'm a person who likes to go right into things and just get it done, get through with it. But with an apology, it does have to be more framed out. And that's what we're going to learn about a little bit more today. So along that same line, I know one place that Colin and I both struggle is with saying, I'm sorry you feel that way. So you might be like, well, that's not a bad thing to say. It's not bad, but it doesn't do anything. You're not apologizing for your side of it whatsoever. So instead, not saying, I'm sorry for that thing that I did to make you feel that way. This is really just another example of discounting the apology and chalking it up to what the other person's sensitivity rather than anything that you personally did. Right. You're just not taking the ownership, mm-hmm. which the point of an apology would be to take ownership of what you did. Like one example of this is I'm feeling so overwhelmed right now with just all of the personal tasks, the work tasks that have to get done. And one thing that Colin can do is help out more in the morning or help with getting the kids to bed. Right now, I'm putting Lucy to sleep and she's the more difficult one to put to sleep. It's like once in a while, I want to take the easy kid. And when I brought this up to Colin saying, I feel really overwhelmed with all the things that I'm doing right now. The first thing Colin said was, I'm sorry you feel overwhelmed. Not bringing up the fact that I talked through the sleep thing. I talked through what he could help out with in the morning. So instead of taking ownership on his side with, hey, these are the things I could do in order to help with you, or just even saying, I get it. I haven't been helping out as much with these couple of things. That would have helped the situation a lot more. I'm telling you, ladies, I definitely got aggravated and it raised it to the next level. Because when someone tells you, I'm sorry you feel that way, on right away, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I feel that way too. I'm asking for your help. There's one person who could definitely help out with this. But that's one thing that we both fall back on is just the, I'm sorry that you feel that way. We did this so much more, and I honestly didn't even realize, Amy, that we had done this specific apology no-no until doing the research. So I think as we go through these conversations, you might have some light bulb moments. I've been apologizing incorrectly my entire life, (laughs) for real. And you just, the more you know, the better that you can do. So don't take this as, oh my gosh, you know, feeling so bad about yourself, take it as, okay, this is a huge growth opportunity for me because I know that Abby and I definitely feel that way. There are so many easy traps to fall into Mm -hmm. because naturally as humans, most of us are very, very defensive. And so when we are saying sorry, we want to defend ourselves and our values, um, 
And that's why we can slip into some of these. But really, sometimes it's as easy as saying, I'm sorry, Drew. And that's it. And let me tell you, I bite my lip because I want to say the next few things that are on my mind. So it is that self-regulation of, okay, I'm saying sorry because I really believe I did something wrong. I do believe that he had a part in it, but I don't have to bring that up right now. I can hear him and offer my apology. And it's also the habits that we fall back into. So it's an easy habit for us to want to say the but or the if or the I'm sorry you feel that way. So when you're getting really heated, we fall back to those easy habits so much more than when we can take some time think through it, and come at it with a good apology. Yeah, and one thing that Harriet talks about is that this is really hard for us because a lot of us didn't grow up with healthy apologies being modeled. I'm sure you can all think back to the adults in your life and you can start to see um, some ways that they fell into these traps. This includes the correct way to accept an apology. So for me, this is one that I really have to work on um, because when Drew is ready to apologize sometimes, I want to then like keep burning. Like I want to be like mm-hmm. driving the point home when the person is ready to apologize. And that is what I want. I'm turning them off to it if I'm then putting my foot on the gas and shaming him for a bunch of different things. The experts talk about this too when it comes to children. So a lot of times what we're modeling in our own homes um, doesn't work. I'll give you an example. Max hit Trey with a toy or he pushed him onto it. Um, He didn't mean to, but the first thing that I automatically say is, Maxwell, you need to apologize right now. Um, And there's nothing wrong with teaching the child that they need to uh, apologize. But what the experts warn against is using it as like an attack on their character or saying things like, you need to apologize right now. Mm. You need to stand up straight. You need to look them in the eye. And then say the child apologizes and then the mom comes back and said, you didn't mean it. You need to try that again. Like we're just adding all of this shame into how we teach our children to apologize. And it actually has the opposite effect of what we want it to have. Like we are making it harder for them to apologize, especially and even down the road as adults. You just spoke to me right there. All, All of that. With children, too, we can see it so much more quickly. So where I wanted to be a little passive aggressive with Colin and be like, hey, you should work on this, this and this. Obviously, that's not the right way to go about doing this. With Lucy, I started using this research right away because it was the easiest way to see changes on. She hasn't been molded by society. She hasn't, um, you know, she's has the ability to make some of these changes. And like you said, Amy, like we force ourselves onto our children more than anything. So if you're feeling bad right now about what Amy just said, definitely don't. Like as women, as parents, it's so easy for us to fall back on those habits, but we can make those changes right we now. We learn them. So it's like breaking the cycle of like bad, quote unquote, bad apologies and learning a new cycle. So today can be day one. Yeah. It can be day one. So with Lucy, one thing that she does, I'm guessing 
most four-year-olds do something like this, she will draw on the wall with marker. Like she just does that. And then she instantly blames it on her brother. (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, we don't know. We don't know if it was Micah or if it was Lucy. Like they'll be playing downstairs. But the first thing that I do is I want to scold. Like the number one thing I want to do is scold. But instead, the last couple of weeks, I've opened the door to letting her be in a safe spot and just asking, being curious, letting her be safe to apologize instead of her putting up her defenses right away and blaming her brother. So when I apologize first, when I say, hey, Lucy, I'm so sorry for yelling. I'm so sorry for yelling. That wasn't the right thing for me to do. And just there, no ifs, no buts, no asking for her to say something back. All of a sudden, she comes back and she's like, mama, I'm sorry that I wrote on the wall. I, I, it was me. I wrote on the wall. And then we hug it out and it's fine. And is it complicated and this huge event? No, it's a very, very simple conversation between a four-year-old and a 34-year-old, but it makes all the difference in the world. And we're also getting to the point of not lying. I mean, there's a million other things that are also being prevented because of these conversations we're having. And when we have Dr. Aliza on the podcast of Raising Good Humans, which we're so excited for, we'll dive into that subject more since she is the expert on it. Um, But just such an important note that when we apologize to our kids and we leave it at, I'm sorry I raised my voice, and we don't shift the blame to whatever action they did, um, we're we're teaching them something that's a really good habit, and they respect us for that. Neville and I can do that with Colin, too. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But what we're saying about children is also so relevant to adults. A lot of times when our spouse or someone close to us apologizes, we want to make them pay. We want to shame them. You know, and that isn't like, that isn't your conscious thought, I don't think. You're not like, I'm going to shame him so bad. It's just these gut reactions of like wanting to get it all out and all taken care of. Um that's something that I learned from Harriet and that I've been working on is the overtalk. So when Drew and I are sorting through things as we were the other night, I have this tendency to present every single fact of the matter because in my mind, I'm like, I'm painting a really good picture of why that why that comment was so hurtful. Like I am just showing him the history of every time he has referenced <laughs> that comment so that I can paint this really clear picture and he's not going to do it again. But what I could see happen is his eyes kind of glaze over because he's like, yeah, like I... Overload. Mm -hmm. He's checking out Mm -hmm. because he's tired of feeling like attacked for this subject. So Harriet, when I was listening to her book this morning, she said, keep it to three sentences. Like, Keep when you want an apology from your husband, like you feel hurt, you feel like you need you require an apology. Three sentences is all it takes, Drew. It really hurt my feelings that you said that comment about me thinking that I know everything, and then you could add a um, like, here's why it hurts my feelings. And then the hardest part for me, you stop talking because then you have their attention and they have they have the capacity to listen for three sentences. 
three sentences. Yeah, that's a challenge. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. <laughs> Especially when you come into it being so prepared. Like you've done the work, you you have ex- all the the criteria that you want. Abby's got her bullet points. Of I have my bullet points with A, B, and C underneath each of them, and I'm ready for this conversation. Like this is going to be really good, right? I've I've done the research on it. But I think also going into it knowing what you want out of the conversation. Huge. Like, what do you want? Do you want something to be done? Do you want the other person to take an action? Do you want that apology? Do you want just to be heard and have your words be in the room? Um, Going back to the example with just feeling overwhelmed right now, I know so many people listening are feeling overwhelmed as well. Do you want them just to say, sorry, I hear you? Like, I understand that you're feeling overwhelmed. Do you want them to be like, yes, I'm going to take bedtime a couple nights a week and I'll be able to set these things up. Like, what do you want out of the conversation? Because if you just leave it open-ended and just keep on talking, it's going to go right through one ear and out the other. Yeah. And one point that Harriet makes, I think when we're talking about like our partners that we see every day, that could be a different conversation than if we're talking Mm -hmm. about like our friends that we don't see that often, but we've had something with them where we need an apology or we need to apologize. One thing that she said is a lot of times you go into it, you have to know that you just want to be heard and you can't expect them to to do perfectly what what your ideal scenario would be. When what Abby was saying, I'm like totally. When it's a husband and you need more help and you can very specifically ask for him to take over bedtime, that's when I do think you can have an expectation of the partner because otherwise the fight's going to continue to happen. But say it's a friend that hurt you and you know in your heart, you're like, I just have to let her know because like, I cannot let this go. Like, I really just have to let her know. Harriet would caution you to not go into it expecting her to have the perfect apologetic response because on her end, it might take a while to digest, reflect, and come back to you. You can stand on high ground knowing that you got that off your chest and your side of the conversation feels good. She's just saying you can't expect the other person to give you exactly what you're looking for. Because remember, you've done the practice. You've done the research. You've come with those bullet points they aren't ready for it yet. Like they might not see it coming. They might not even know that this conversation was one that you wanted to have or that they hurt you in that way. So to force them or just to expect them to have the right words and the right action and the right fill in the blank from the start, it's just not fair. Because Abby, what usually comes up first for people? (sighs) The first thing that comes up is defensiveness. And our guest Kara will go into defensiveness very, very soon. So an episode's coming up very soon, which directly relates to apologies. And throughout this episode, you might have some feelings of defensiveness come up. They're like arguing with oh. us. On their like, I don't do that. Abby, you're not, you don't know him. This, this, is, this is a different situation here. And it's okay if you have these feelings of defensiveness come up because it's human. You might be pinpointing and nodding along about the time that your spouse or your friend or your mother-in-law did one of these things. You might want to say, I told you so. Listen to this episode. Here you go. Here's the book. That's not the point of this episode. I want to encourage you to really think internally, again, going back to those first couple of lines on where these steps, where these tips, where these ideas 
can really start impacting your own actions, where they can start impacting your words as you head into these future disagreements. So the whole point of this podcast would be for you to make use of it, not for you to send it on to somebody else. As mentioned previously, I have made this mistake a lot. Um, And I'm learning right now that when I think about using this research as a dagger, being like, told you so, got to do this one next time, instead of being like, hey, come along with me. Like, here's my hand. Let's learn together. Much, much better um, in that sense. And as soon as I brought this up in the conversation, Colin always puts his shield up. As soon as I get defensive or as soon as I start pinpointing something that he did instead of taking ownership for what I did, even if it's only 5% or in our mind it's only 5%, they're going to put up their shield. And that does not help the conversation whatsoever. And shame is also such a precursor of not wanting to apologize for what you specifically did. So when you feel bad going into a situation, when you know that what you have done you're already kind of ashamed of, and that someone else is using that as fuel to really start the fire, right away it makes the conversation harder for you to continue. And I think that as a society, as human beings, as women, we fall back on that so much. And some of what we're talking about is super complex to work through on your own. Like There's definitely situations and times where you might need the help of a professional. And so we want to remind you guys this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp um, is a counseling service of which you can talk to a professional and they can help you work through things. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they have started recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So you can join the over 1 million people that take charge of their own mental health. The website to go to to get 10% off your first month is BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P dot com backslash herself. Being able to offer an apology actually takes a person that loves their own self, that is confident, that has worked on themselves, um, because it's just, it's easier to like off shift the blame but like all of us make mistakes so if I can say Abby I am so sorry that I hurt your feelings and and I can just own that it shows a lot about you as the person Um, and I'm not saying Abby is supposed to see like wow look at Amy with all of her Brene Brown knowledge like (laughs) that's not the point I'm just saying that It takes a lot of your own self-love to be able to say, you know what, I did something that hurt someone's feelings. I know I'm still a good person. I am still a reliable friend. I'm still a kind person. I made a misstep. And so I'm going to own that and I'm going to apologize. That doesn't mean a huge dagger to my values or who I am. It just means that I'm human and I made a mistake and I can just own that without having to hold a mirror up to Abby and say, here, here is everything that you've done wrong. We uh, have said this before, but we've had disagreements between the two of us Mm -hmm. as friends that we've worked through. Like, I think that is a sign of an adult Friendship, Like we want to demonstrate an, a strong female friendship. I remember in the beginning of COVID when 
you know, stress levels were high. We were having this disagreement and I got this boxer from Abby and right away I felt like so like I wanted her to see everything that was wrong with her message. Like I wanted to just like honestly blast her back a little bit. I felt like attacked and I was like, Amy, you know what? I'm going to do this Peloton workout that I already had planned. So I did that. And then I'm going to talk to Drew because he's such a good sounding board and he really will not take my side, quote unquote, when it's not warranted. He'll, He'll open up the conversation like, okay, Amy, could you see from her side? And and he'll help me like reason through things. And so I just sat on the message for a few hours until mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. felt calm and ready to respond to Abby. And, and at that time, I did have to tell her some things on my end of the conversation. Um, but when I was in a place where I could state that, I was going to get you know, more of an empathetic response than if like the initial thing was, I wanted to pop off. Like, I just wanted to be it's like, are you kidding all me? of our initial responses? Like, are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you serious right now? But that doesn't get you anywhere. I think that Americans have really lost the ability to give it a beat, to give it some time and some space and maybe even sleep on it. Nothing is so urgent that it requires an immediate response from us. And even if that person sends me another follow-up message, like, you're not going to rattle my cage anymore. I need my time to gather myself and present myself in a way that aligns with my values when I'm ready. And the key word there is really to slow down. To slow down and to only make sure that you're apologizing when you're really ready to talk. And if you're starting the conversation to make them feel small, if you're starting the conversation to have them come back and say all their sorries and change what they're going to do, you're just simply not ready. You're not ready to have that conversation, period. Come back to it after letting yourself cool off. Um, if you're trying to get anything out of the conversation besides letting your own self speak, again, not ready. And I fall into this one. If you want to just move on and that's the goal, instead of putting on the back burner maybe for tomorrow or for another day, that's also when you're not ready. So for example, in the morning with the morning scramble or when we're about to go on a date night or if we're late somewhere, I'll just go forward and start to apologize. Hey, I'm really, really sorry that I did that. I won't do it again just in order to get it over with. And that's not right. Like I, I'm still not feeling an actual apology. I don't actually feel sorry. It's like a check the box apology completely so you can move on to the next form uh, and I'm such a form person so that's exactly <laughs> it but I it, it, it's an it's empty it's completely empty well this part of the conversation is stirring something up for me because Drew and I had recently gone through an argument in which he said something that really hurt my feelings but my part in where this all went wrong is that A, as I spoke about before, this is where I over-talked, so I wanted to paint the whole picture for him. And then B, I want Drew to say sorry immediately. Like when we're in disagreement, it is hard for me to fall asleep and he'll start snoring and that like <laughs> triggers me. Mm-hmm, like I'm mm-hmm. literally like, I want to like pull the sheets off of you and like toss you out of bed because why can you fall asleep while 
well, I'm like sitting here really hurt and I'm, my mind is racing. But what I've learned from this book is that actually in this situation, I'm in the wrong. Like I am trying to force him to apologize because he has hurt my feelings when he hasn't yet like reflected and actually felt sorry. So when he feels sorry, his apology will matter more, but I just want the quick sorry so that I can feel like, okay, he has heard me. He understands me. That fight actually trickled on to the next day. The first interaction, because now we work together too. (laughs) So the first interaction we had at like 9am still wasn't good. I'm like, I just don't see how you, you, why you can't see you hurt my feelings. And Andrew had like left without really offering me any condolences. And that like turned me off good. I'm like, oh man, like I just don't get it. And then at 1 p.m. he was like, I would like to eat lunch with you. And he was like, and I do feel sorry. And here's why. And it takes him that long to offer his apology. But Drew is always sincere in his apologies he has said that he's like amy i don't apologize when i don't feel sorry i wasn't feeling sorry i wasn't ready yet i didn't see it from your angle yet um so i think that's a really that's a growth um area of growth for me is to not force that quick sorry that would feel really good in the moment but might not get us further down the road Oh, and doesn't it feel good in the moment, though? Like, I, I know what you're talking about when you just want to, like, rip the sheets off and be like, let's get this over and done with. But having that empty apology, it doesn't get you anywhere. Like, would you rather have something that is empty and right away? Or would you rather have something that is actually meaningful, actually has some thought behind it, and might take the, to the next day? The other thing that made a lot of sense for me was the idea of Harriet Lerner saying that sometimes there is a reparation that is needed. Sometimes you need that person to change their action. So a struggle we have is that our mornings are really stressful because Drew usually works out in the morning and he he takes a long time to work out. So I typically am getting three kids ready and that feels very frustrating to me. We've had the conversation a ton of times of which Drew does say, I'm sorry, babe. Like, I can totally see that this is overwhelming. I, the last couple of times I'm like, I'm done with your sorry. Mm-hmm. I am done mm-hmm. with your sorry about it, babe, because you don't change your action. So like for me, the apology would be that the action changes. Say that again. That's really good. The apology would be that the action changes. Like if someone keeps doing the same thing over and over and they know that it is hurtful to you, it's stressful for you, whatever it is, like it isn't a sincere apology because there's not a change of action. And actions do speak so much louder than words, but also knowing that not every apology needs to have an action attached. And so much of this just differs depending on 
who the conversation's with. Is it with your husband who has done the same thing a million other times? Or is it with a coworker who this is their first offense and it might not ever happen again? Like in that case, having an action speak right away might not be the best case for that relationship. It is an option to just say, thank you for your apology. And then just to leave it at that, like just to leave it right there. Because I think for so many of us, we want to put up that shield. It's our natural action to want to put up a shield and be defensive when in reality, we can just think about it, say a quick little validation for them and come back to the situation when we do have some more time to think about it. Yeah. An awesome example. And one that stuck out to both of us is when someone is telling you, um, sharing with you, like you really hurt my feelings and they lay out the reason when you're on the receiving end, you're really going to want to, um, give them your reasoning or put your shield up, but a really good in the moment answer to that is to just say, Abby, thank you so much for telling me I'm going to think about this. And so that gives you some time so that you can reflect and know what you want to say back. Don't get in that rush where you feel like you have to immediately apologize or um, state your case, because maybe it's just that time that you need to think that would help the relationship the most. And when you're saying this, Amy, I keep on thinking back to the fact of you're choosing the relationship over choosing to be right. When in that second, all you want to be possibly is be right when you can take some time to actually choose a relationship in front of oh, instead. my entire 20s. <laughs> and, you know, the decade before that, like you just, I don't know, there's something about being right that so many of us get addicted to. So the last quote and idea that we wanted to leave you with today is that an apology is a gift to the other person, a gift to you and a gift to the relationship. Without an apology, there is usually a space between you guys. Um, Things are unsaid and both sides can usually feel that. Or you might need to say something and you keep suppressing it because you don't want to rock the boat. But it really is a gift to both of you if you can get on a page where everyone feels like supported and cared for and thought of. So this will not be the last episode that we have on apologies because as we dove into it, we're like, oh my goodness, like this is something that people need to talk about. We hope that we can have experts on like this is an ongoing conversation. If you're at the beginning of the road with apologizing, most of us are like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we're both like full. If you're listening to this, you're a personal friend or our husbands, we are working on it. (laughs) Um, We can't be held to the gold standard quite yet. So if you're finding this information helpful, if there's something that stood out to you, we would appreciate it so much if you shared it to your story. So we don't ask for this very much, but share exactly what stood out. Was there one talking point? Was there a piece that you picked up? Maybe a quick quote from Amy or I that you're going to start using today. 